Hello, hello. Welcome back to Delicious Tears. I am your host for the next 30, 60 minutes of The Solution, where I talk about topics that are uncomfortable, relevant, hilarious, and can be downright serious. However, we're going to talk about one that's going to be kind of light, but also kind of serious. And shout out to the listener that sent in this topic. Once again, this topic is from someone that I actually know, so they knew how to get in contact with me personally. For those of you who don't know me personally, you can always leave the voice message on the anchor feature to send in a potential topic that you would like my point of view on things from a comedic standpoint or a serious note. And this person was so uh, helpful in sending me the topic on rejection. How do men and women handle rejection and why is it such a difference? That's their opinion on the difference. So men and women do handle rejection differently, but I also think it's from a personal perspective, not necessarily gender so much, but it's who you are as a person. Now, speaking as a man, if you want to know how I handle suggestions, because it's an obvious question, so we're going to hit the 25 meter target first. I don't have a problem with rejection. No is my favorite word. I know I'm not for everyone. Matter of fact, I have a t-shirt that says I'm not for everyone. And it's kind of my motto. It's feast of famine with me. Either I'm what you're looking for or I'm what you probably don't need. I'm fine with that. It doesn't hurt my feelings. You tell me no, I'm not like, oh, well, I'm kind of like, well, okay. And people that don't know me well but claim to know me well, they chalk that up to cocky and arrogance. No, not at all. That means I know who I am and I'm comfortable in who I am. That's it. There are things that I do extremely well. There are things that I do pretty good. There are things that I'm average at. There are things that I need work on and there are things that I'm probably never going to get over that hump. And that's where the problem happens with people. They focus on what they can't do and they know they clearly are limited. Either they're gonna be able to do it once in a while or they're just gonna come up short. They're just gonna come up short. It's just who they are. Prime example, all puns intended. I'm not a tall guy. I'm short. Nothing I can do about it. Okay? So that's an element of rejection that I had to deal with early on um, in my young adult life. And I don't really care about it now. I just, I see stuff. I really don't care. It don't bother me. I don't focus on my height anymore. What can I do about it? But when I was younger, I was like, man. You know, I got this short gene and I'm just being thought less of. People don't even know me, but because I'm short, they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. And what's funny is that from a male female standpoint, that carries on into your adult life, by the way. There are women who literally label men as less than because they're vertically challenged. They're 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 shorter. They, they aren't going to be adequate. And. You know, this is to, to give you an Easter egg, if you will. You shouldn't say Easter egg. To give you a snip, a tidbit, a, a glimpse on the next topic that I'm actually working on, but I wanted to drop this one first because the next topic is going to be a little lengthy. Um, there are women who obviously reject men because their height. It's a height requirement. And they say their rationale is that I like to wear heels. So for those, the, the women who are of the, the praying variety, 
and you pray that God sends you a man. You know, please, I'm tired of being lonely. I'm tired of getting these idiots. I'm tired of dudes messing me over this, this, and that. And he or she, you know, the great sky daddy, sky mama, sends you a person. And you're going, no, they're short. Just be quiet. Be quiet. You quickly saw, yeah, they, they're pretty cool. Personality, got their stuff together. But you focused on how tall they are. Now, even for the men, because I know, ladies, you love to be the victim. But, 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 but men do it too. The old gender flip. But, 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 but men, for my, my fluffy ladies out there, you know, you want to call yourself thick, uh, BBW, Kirby, whatever murky description going to use if you have a few more pounds than you would like to have or you're okay with whatever it is all right whatever little category you you want to identify as when it comes to the fact that you're not a smaller slender woman that's okay all right there are men who love women like that that's that's fine he didn't pick you because you're a bbw you're a little too thick I should do a show on that term thick. I don't know what thick is anymore. I'm seeing women that I think aren't thick. But they call themselves thick. And well, really the show shouldn't even be that long. Because it's men will say whatever they want in favor. That's all it is. So the guy rejects you because you aren't of body structure that he likes. But the difference between being, um, you know, overweight and short is that you can do something about being overweight, can't do anything about being short. So what should we really be focused on here? I'll never die from being short. I can die from being overweight. All right, for those who are, that's insensitive. That's just the fact of the matter it is. All right, all right. Boo freaking who? That's just science right there, okay? Men, women. Who are tall, all right? Men, women who got some extra pounds. I can't die from being short. You can die from being overweight. But anyway, let's go, let's go back to the rejection. The way I see it is I use a baseball analogy. An all-star baseball player typically bats over 300. What does that mean? That means they either get on base via a hit, bunt, with that hit or bunt leading to a single, double, triple, home run, grand slam, which is still a home run, or they have driven a run in because there were people already on base. They've scored points. So that's 30% out of 100 that they're successful. And that's totally okay in baseball because if you have ever tried to hit a 90 mile an hour ball, that's going straight. I'm not talking about curving, it's dipping, breaking, and all that stuff. It's a screwball, it's moving, and all that. No, it's hard. The hand eye coordination is incredible. I've always admired that about baseball players. I was actually a pretty decent one when I was a kid, and I walked away from the sport. But anyway, um, 30%. That's the rule I use. 30% of the time, I'm going to be successful. 30% of the women of the world might find me of their liking. The problem is men, that you harp 
on 70% of the ones who told you no. Well, you might go, you might say, hey, the solution, that's low hanging fruit. If you go on to 30%, I deserve the 70. That's the upper echelon. But is it really? Is it really? They have clearly showed you that they are judging you on something you cannot control or some superficial thing, whether it be your height or, you know, your hair or lack thereof, whatever it is. You don't have any beard hair. Your beard doesn't connect. They're judging you for these superficial things. Meanwhile, they don't know that you have your life together. You are a man of class and substance and you stand for something, but that's not what they want to hear because that's not what they saw. And conversely, men, it's the same thing. She wasn't pretty enough. Uh, the body parts weren't profound enough. You know, this is a PG show, y'all, so I'm not going to, you know, say what I could say. All right. Kids should be able to watch this too. So we judge people based upon those things and we don't get a chance to get into their character. Now, if you tell somebody no because you've been around them and you got a chance to see them in certain situations, like, no, I want no parts of that, then that's an educated no. That's fine. That's fine. But you can't focus on the rejection part of that 70%. Because you're not going to convince the majority of those people to think otherwise. Focus on the 30 Focus on the third. That's the quality stuff right there. Don't focus on the quantity. Having everybody find you appealing. Because everybody that like... You ever notice the people that are received by the majority of the people? They have the most problems. They can't live in obscurity. Because they're constantly on display and they're under scrutiny. I like my little lane that I'm in when nobody's worried about me. At all. I'm fine with it. Like I said, I came to grips with my height when I was around 17, 18 years old. I'm like, I'm just going to be short. And then I had a growth spurt when I turned 21 and I gained three inches. Shout out to the three inches. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I can see now at my height as a grown man and buying clothes, even at 5'7", at has been a challenge. 5'7", 200 pounds has been a challenge. But being 5'4", about 150-ish uh, would have been even harder. But anyway... It really goes into knowing who you are as a person and feeling confident about yourself. And that's the problem. A lot of people confuse cocky for confidence, arrogance for confidence. The, the difference between those, the cocky slash arrogant and confidence is you don't have to tell people how good you are. You just do it. Your, your, your presence and your performance speaks for itself. Now, when you got to constantly advertise how good you are and tell people personally, you have created an unjust expectation for yourself. Because you know what's happening? When you fail, they're going to throw that in your face. Now, the problem happens is a lot of people don't know the difference between cocky slash arrogant versus confident. When people would ask me about that, it's like, man, you just carry yourself as, yes. Yes, I should. I should feel good about myself, but I'm not overt about it. I should take pride in myself, how I conduct myself, how I look, because I'm doing it for me. If you happen to like it, great, splendid. But I bought and did these things and partook of those things because it. I felt good about it. I, I wasn't like, yeah, if I do this, people will love it. They're going to love it. 
And I deal with sneakers. And that's how the hype beast thing comes about. Because you're looking for acceptance. You have to be comfortable in who you are. And you handle rejection so much better. No is my favorite word. I've been told no by women over my years. And I went, okay. And it baffled them. Because they were waiting to be disrespected. And for me to plead my case and try to convince them. But what they thought was an ego shot that they dissed me became an ego shot for them. And I went, okay, all right, have a good night, have a good afternoon, and walked off. And I, I'm telling you, I've I've done that in a social setting some years ago where this woman actually walked back and forth a couple of times just to see if I would acknowledge her. Because what happened was nobody else was paying attention to her in there. I've been in a situation where I was merely cordial and this woman decided to go out her way and say, oh, I'm not interested. You know what I said? And what? Um, whatever it is you're trying to do. I said, nah, I'm, I'm a gentleman. I, if you're standing in my face, I'll speak to you. I greet. Light talk. That's it. Keep it moving. No, I wasn't going to ask for your phone number or some of your time at all. You're standing in front of me. That's just how I was raised. I'm going to speak to you. Hey, good evening. How you doing? All right, cool. And she promptly goes to make herself feel good. Oh, I'll give out my phone number. I said, excuse me? I'm not trying to do... I was like, what are you talking about? I just spoke to you. And her ego was crushed. And that's the thing. A lot of women don't know their role in chivalry. That's a story. That's a show in itself right there. Chivalry isn't a give, 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 and women receive, receive, receive. You have a role in that too, ladies. You have a role in that. But like I said, that's another topic. But the, the rejection thing, if somebody rejects you, you just keep it moving. Remember, 30, 70, all-star baseball player. You don't disrespect them. You don't name call. You don't do little slick stuff. Because remember, you approach them. They were appealing to you before you got rejected. So why are you switching up now? Why are you switching up now? If people just looked at their interaction, their interpersonal and interactions with other people, the way they looked at jobs and interviews, you'd be better off. Not many people go on interviews and go oh this job is mine I got this why would they hire anyone else I got this then you walk out of there and you don't get the call back does your life end right there the average person puts in about 5 to 10 applications easy very seldom do you get called back from three or more of those jobs. Very seldom do you get that. So are you running around crying and pouting and stuff like that because you didn't get the job? I was always taught you look for a better job when you have a job. Okay. You look for a better job when you have a job. You don't walk out blindly like, oh, I need to find a job. That's irresponsible. 
Now, sometimes things are just happening that are just that egregious and unacceptable. You have to leave and, um, you know, you move forward. Hopefully you're prepared for that and um, you don't cause yourself any financial dire straits from it. But you you really have to be strategic about these things. And I'm not saying, you know, you're in a relationship, you should have applications in with other dudes or vice versa, other women, because, you know, you're going to leave that job. All right. You you don't go into relationships with a expiration date. I think some people do, though. But anyway, that's another topic in itself as well, possibly. But the rejection thing is is really, really a personal thing for a lot of people where they just aren't taught. And you, you think about it now with this generation, everybody wins. Everybody gets something. You don't get any participation cho- uh, trophies in life. I don't like that with kids. You're on the team, so you got something. Everybody gets a trophy. Your team didn't win anything that year, but everybody gets something. What are we teaching we're teaching them that you don't know how to do without and you don't know how to, to deal with failure. My high school coach once told me my freshman year, we didn't win a track meet. And I was frustrated because the culture of the upperclassmen on this team was bad, except for a few. It was really, really bad. They had gotten used to losing because they were focused on their individual events. That's it. That's all you hear him talk about. I, 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 I did this. What'd you do? That whole team element was like, I'm winning my event so the team wins. It wasn't there. And, and track is a very peculiar sport because it requires individual performances besides the relay for the team to win. So I asked him. I said, um, I don't, I don't like losing. Like, how do we get better? And, you know, he told me some stuff, but he left me with something. He imparted something upon me. He said, winners never learn because they're too busy celebrating. Losers are studying because they're tired of losing. Someone who is lost all the time is deadly because they're gradually getting better. Eventually they will stop losing. And usually that one win is on a grand scale. If you look in sports, that team that's terrible, when they knock off a top rate team, they don't talk about uh, the team that lost too much because they've already had a few losses unless they were undefeated. But the team hasn't won oh, the, all day long. They are harping on how this winless team has come up and won. And it says a lot about rejection. Like, how do you deal with adversity? How do you overcome not getting something that you set out to achieve? You set out to get this person's phone number in hopes that you get a chance to to get to know them and meet them later. And it does not work that way for you. It just ruins your night because that's what you went out for. A lot of the best situations in life, you kind of stumble upon them, believe it or not. The things you go looking for, like, I'm going to do this, this, and that, meet this person. It typically doesn't last very long. But this was a topic I I can't beat up for too long. This is going to be one of my shorter ones, everyone. Hope you enjoy your week. 
and I do have another episode coming up. You know, we got to do the weekly rundown because there's been a lot of stuff <laughs> that's happened this past week uh, from insects into uh, y'all not them boys. All right. But I'm the solution. Thanks for tuning in to Delicious Tears. And do send those voice messages. Or if you know me, hey. But really what I'm going to do is set up an email just for this. You all can send in your questions. Questions from the listeners. And give me those topics and your feedback and all that stuff. But like I always say, just be a better human.